Well, hello and good morning. Welcome to Fremont Community Church. Uh, I am Matt. I am the pastor of communications here at FCC, and I oversee our online ministry. Shout out to all you people online. We love you guys. Um, hey, uh, <laughs> I am so excited to be able to speak this morning, uh, and we're going to have a little more of a, a casual get-together uh, than usual, uh, because I, I realized that the, the past three times that I've been asked to, to speak, I have somehow injured myself. Uh, right before uh, getting up and sharing. And so uh, I've uh, had um, surgery on my toe, I had a sore throat, I had COVID, and now I've dislocated my knee. And so we'll see what's going to happen uh, next time. Stay tuned. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm going to be uh, hobbling around and, and sitting today. And so I uh, just wanted to let you guys know that's what we are up to. I'm really excited to, to share in this Discipleship Pathway series. If you've been joining us uh, over the last few weeks, uh, you have probably heard a lot of things from a lot of people about a lot of different ways uh, that we should be sharing the gospel. And that's what Discipleship Pathways is all about, is, is taking simple steps of faith uh, to, to just telling people about Jesus uh, and to be willing to show people the love of Jesus in our daily lives. If you've specifically been here in the last two weeks, uh, you would have heard from Pastor Eric about uh, gospel deconstruction and reconstruction, uh, which is basically a fancy way of saying, let's, let's filter out some of the things that we've been told, and let's just look at the Bible and see what Jesus tells us to do and to how Jesus says we should be living out our faith. And so uh, we're going to throw a, a graphic up on the back screen here, uh, and this is going to be some conversational quadrants. Uh, I believe is the technical term, but uh, we'll see if that goes up in a second here. Um, but basically, the, the goal, uh, what Pastor Eric touched on last week, is taking our conversations from casual to meaningful, from meaningful to spiritual, and from spiritual to discovery. And so I'm going to be talking about discovery conversations today and, uh, and kind of what that looks like. And so I think if, if we have friends in our lives, I think we, we know more or less how to take a conversation from casual to meaningful. Uh, and if you come to church on Sundays and, and you're very open about being a Christian, uh, it's a little bit of a bigger step, but, uh, but it's not uh, too far of a jump to say, yeah, I'm a Christian, I go to church on Sundays, sorry, I can't make it, can't watch the football game today, and, uh, and start moving into uh, an area where we're having a spiritual conversation. Uh, but the biggest leap uh, in my experience is moving from spiritual conversation to discovery conversation. We'll talk a little bit about what that looks like. But basically, the, the difference is uh, in spiritual conversations, we, we might share briefly or vaguely, uh, this is what I believe. Oh, this is what you believe. Okay, that's great. Let's go our separate ways. Discovery conversation is, is this interesting uh, transition that we make in what we call missional communities, where uh, we go from having spiritual conversation to now questions are beginning to pop up that cannot simply be answered with, uh, what's your perspective on this? And it needs to be answered with, what does the Bible say about this? And let's explore that. Let's discover what the Bible says together. And so uh, <laughs> this may seem like a, a big leap for, for some people. And uh, if you got to our third question in our community time, uh, 
I would anticipate that maybe some of your hesitancy over the Discipleship Pathway series and of the people that I've talked to, the major hesitancy has been, you know, I, I don't feel like I know enough about the Bible to share about the Bible with others. Does anyone agree? Raise of hands. I, I feel like I don't know enough about the Bible to share it. Yeah, okay, decent amount of hands going up. I felt that same thing. Um, several years ago, I, I was uh, wrapping up my, my bachelor's degree, and I, I was feeling called into ministry. Uh, and you, you know, I decided I I really feel like I need to know more in order to get there. And so I, I ended up going to seminary, uh, and I am now uh, just a month away from completing seminary. Um, and it's really exciting. Oh, thank you, thank you. Um, Totally not necessary. It's totally painstaking, by the way. Um, and uh, so many papers to write. But, uh, but you know, I, I really realized, um, I discovered that the only thing that I'm, I'm really confident in coming out of this, the, I'm mostly confident in how much I still don't know. And so I, I would like to encourage all of you, and we'll talk a little more about this as, as we go on, but it's, it's really not about how much head knowledge you have. It's, it's not about knowing how much time lasted from uh, the Old Testament to the New Testament or uh, being able to name all of the, the, the tribes of Israel, which I can't, by the way, uh, or being able to, to speak in Hebrew and Greek, which I also can't, by the way. Um, even though I took those classes, got my B and my C, uh, you know what, uh, we, we take those. And uh, it's not about that. Uh, I, I've gained a lot from my seminary experience. Um, and I'm so blessed to just in the last few months have joined the pastoral team here at FCC. Uh, but uh, really the number one thing that I learned is, is not about head knowledge, it's about heart knowledge. And being confident in, I know what Jesus has done in my life. And I know that Jesus can do the same in your life too. And spending time in the Bible, spending time praying and fasting, uh, spending time prayer walking our neighborhoods and being present with our friends and families and neighbors and coworkers, that's, that's what heart knowledge is all about and knowing this is what God is calling me to. And so we're going to jump into a, a passage today. This is from uh, Acts chapter 8. And this is a story about a guy named Philip. And uh, we talked about this on, on Wednesday in our Discovery Bible Study Zoom uh, that, that we, we hold uh, every Wednesday over the course of this series. Uh, and a question came up of, of who is this Philip guy? And I actually came to realize that there are two Philips in the Bible, uh, in the New Testament. Uh, first is Philip the Apostle, uh, one of the 12 disciples of Jesus, a very important dude, got to know Jesus really personally. Uh, and then there's uh, this other guy, Philip the Evangelist, who I like to call Other Philip. Uh, and uh, if you have someone with a, a very common name, uh, like I said, my name is Matt, uh, there are a lot of mats out there. Uh, if you have someone that you know that has the same name as you, you may have been subjected to the other title uh, of um, other, insert your name here, other Matt, other Philip. And this is, this is no diss against Philip, um, but Philip is someone who came uh, into the picture later. Uh, he was uh, asked to be a deacon of the church to help meet some practical needs. Uh, and his story is, is very short. Uh, he, he comes on the scene a, a few chapters earlier. His buddy Stephen gets stoned for preaching the gospel. And then he's like, all right, peace. I'm out of here. I, I don't, I don't want to get stoned. Um, and so he begins journeying around. Uh, and that's more or less where we pick up this story. This is uh, Acts chapter 8. 
uh, starting in verse 26 to 29, and then 30 to 31, 34 to 35. So we'll jump around a little bit. But this passage says, uh, now the angel of the Lord said to Philip, uh, go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all of the treasury of the Kandake, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah to the prophet. The spirit told Philip, uh, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. How do you understand, or do you understand what you are reading, Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. This is a cool story, and I just want to get something out of the way really quick. Uh, this, this is a, a good old-fashioned eunuch story. Uh, eunuchs are, are people, uh, guys, who, who cannot reproduce, and uh, doing some research into it, it's probably because he worked so closely with the queen and the queen's money. So he's a very important person in Ethiopia, and that's why this, this factor is so distinct about him. Uh, but Philip <laughs> gets a prompting from the spirit, and he starts journeying down this road. Uh, and he stumbles upon a chariot. And he feels the spirit prompt him, and Philip runs up and hears the, the Ethiopian eunuch talking about something that he's familiar with. And all Philip does is, is ask him some questions, and then the Ethiopian eunuch invites him up into the chariot. And they start to have this discovery conversation where questions are being asked, and Philip is able to tell him the good news about Jesus. And you may be thinking it's easier said than done, but really I, I think it's just as easy said than, than done. Uh, and I have this meme that I feel like illustrates what I would feel like if, uh, if I was in Philip's shoes uh, talking to this, uh, this guy in this chariot. I feel like I would walk up and say, uh, you know, uh, nice chariot you got here. Uh, you got some some good-sized wheels on that thing. I, I don't know, I don't know what to talk about, but God was already working and moving in this conversation, so I feel like this meme is, is really accurate. Uh, Chris Pratt here is saying, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I know I'm doing it really, really well. Uh, and uh, the reason why this, this came to mind so vividly, uh, this was actually the first part of this sermon that, that I had planned out because I felt it fit so well with this passage because really Philip didn't do much of anything. He's just some, some guy uh, who, who got in with a group of Christians and walked up and joined a conversation that seemed to already have been going on between this guy and God. And Philip gets the opportunity to share the good news of Jesus with him. And so, really, uh, Philip probably has no idea what's going on, and uh, he's just pulling that thread and saying, okay, uh, you're asking questions. I, I know Isaiah. Uh, I also know this guy named Jesus seems to fit the, the bill on what you're talking about, uh, and this seems to be going well, so I'm going to keep pulling this thread and keep seeing where it's going. And that's what these discovery conversations are all about. You don't have to pitch Jesus to people. We just have to trust that God is already working and moving behind the scenes and that we are already stepping into a conversation where God has already been working. 
Now, there is something that I'm a little bit worried about because uh, each Sunday we gather here, probably about 100 of us uh, on a Sunday, and uh, I'm worried about this thing called the bystander effect. And I'll have a graphic up that, that shows what the bystander effect is. In short, uh, the more people that are standing around when, when someone is in need of help, the less likely each individual person is to actually take action steps to help. And so that's what I feel like the disadvantage of this format that we have as church, where we have one person up on stage and, and uh, 100 people uh, listening uh, in person and tuning in online. I wonder how many people actually give in to this bystander effect and say, oh, they're not talking to me. Uh, that's, that's not about me. We have pastors. We have some superstar volunteers. They'll take care of it. And here's, here's the first challenge that I'm going to give to everyone is that I am talking to each and every individual person in this room and watching online. This is a, uh, it's debatably a non-negotiable of, of the Christian faith to say, God doesn't want us sitting on the sidelines. He wants us to get involved. And that might seem scary. Uh, I encourage you not to boo me off the stage. Uh, and uh, we'll talk a little more about exactly what that looks like. Uh, as we go forward, but I want to make sure that we're not giving into the bystander effect. I promise you that this applies to each and every person in this room because God has a calling on your life and people in your circles that you can reach, that I can't reach, that Pastor Eric can't reach, that no one else at this church can reach, and God is calling you to show his love in those communities. But the good news is that I'm not gonna send you out these doors today alone. I'm gonna send you off with a tool uh, that we use and we've been using, uh, and it's called Discovery Bible Study. Uh, and this is something that we've incorporated into a lot of our ministries here at FCC, and this is just a super simple way to have discovery conversations. And so uh, you may have gotten a handout when you walked in. If, if you haven't, please raise your hand and uh, some ushers will come around and they will make sure that, that you get that. This is our, uh, our actual uh, format that we use for our young adults ministry here at FCC. Uh, and so you will, will be able to, to look on one side and find some simple questions that we ask as we explore the Bible. And on the other side are some simple passages. If you're just looking and asking, where do I get started? This Bible is huge and there's so many confusing places uh, that I can flip open to. Where do I start? And so, uh, Discovery Bible Study is, is a, a fairly simple format, and I've filtered it down uh, as we've tested this out a little bit. I've filtered this into kind of four categories. We have some opening questions to kind of break the ice. What are you thankful for, and what's stressing you out? And I guarantee that pretty much anyone at any point can answer those two questions. Uh, I am thankful because I am coming to the end of, of my school, uh, and I'm stressed out because it's been difficult to walk in the last week. And it can be as simple as that, or it can be much more complex than that. But then we read our passage, just like we read our passage, uh, and then we uh, ask if anyone can retell that passage from memory. Then we read the passage one more time, and maybe uh, that's in a different translation, and we ask some discussion questions. What does this say about God, and what does this say about people? And then we begin to reflect. If we, if we believe that this passage is true, then what do we need to change? And then the tough question, who in my life needs to hear this story and how can I share that with them? 
And then a practical question. Who needs our help? How can we help them? We're not here just to talk about scripture, to feel good, and then go home. We are here to make an impact in the community of Fremont. So how do we do that? And you may be saying, Pastor Matt, you know what? That's super simple. We've heard from you. We, we hear from Pastor Ty. We hear from Pastor Eric and Pastor Will. And you guys, you do your pastor thing, whatever. You guys do this for a living. So I'd like to invite up someone who does not do this for a living. Uh, I'd like to invite up my, my buddy, Gian. Um, and Gian is a part of our uh, young adults ministry and helps volunteer with our youth. If you want to grab this microphone. Um, Gian has actually been really great about leading Discovery Bible Studies, uh, and as I've needed to take time off to write papers and things like that and uh, just be generally exhausted, uh, Gian's really helped fill in the gaps. And so thanks for, for being willing to share this morning. Um, just uh, some, some questions about uh, your experience with, with Discovery Bible Study. Um, what, what kind of prompted you initially to, to lead the Discovery Bible Study for our youth group? And what kind of hesitancies did you have? Uh, well, um, you know, Doug had uh, contacted me about helping out with the youth ministry, mm -hmm. and um, I, and you know, he's a super cool dude, <laughs> and I really um, take his opinion seriously. Mm -hmm. So I went and did it. Um, you know, one of the big things that uh, was bothering me about it, or like was getting in the way for me, was what you had said earlier about, I don't really feel like I know that much about the Bible mm -hmm. um, to be leading other people. Uh, but um, I remember talking to you about that, about, uh, about my trepidations there. Mm -hmm. And you had told me that, you know, you don't really need to know that much. It, it, the, the whole point is to just be fostering discussion with, every, with the people that in your group. And so it, it's okay if you, if you yourself have questions about it um, and, and if you bring that up to the group. And just as long as you can get discussion going and get people thinking about what the passage is and, and what it means um, in their lives. That's cool. Um, as, as you kind of uh, began to lead the Discovery Bible Studies, like how, um, how has your experience been with, with leading it since you started to now? And then kind of what encouragement would you have for everyone that may be thinking, okay, I'm getting on board with this DBS thing. How do I get started? Uh, yeah, so um, I, I encourage that I would give other people is that, yeah, you don't need to know that much and it's, it's okay if you can present your own questions to the group. Um, and you know, everyone there is usually willing to give help you out and give their own opinions on things. Um, so you're not, you're not just, you know, this authority figure that has to, you know, tell, telling everyone what to do. Um, and then, what was the other part of the question? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what have you kind of like, uh, like what's your experience been as, as you've been leading it? Oh like, yeah, you know? no, it's been super fun. Uh, I'm, like I said, I'm helping with the youth ministry. So it's, it's really cool to see how, what these kids are, you know, dealing with and how, how they're trying to incorporate um, the, the, you know, their spirit, spirituality into their own lives, into the things that they're dealing with. Um, and uh, I, you know, it feels good to, to I, you know, I, hopefully I'm helping out in some way. And so that feels good to be helping, um, uh, you know, 
where where I think I you know if I was a kid I think I would have certainly benefited from this and having um, these discussions and uh, to put thing you know to put my my worries into perspective and everything like that. Awesome. Well, hey, thank you so much for sharing. Um, thanks for yeah. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Well, <laughs> I think it's super cool um, that we could have Gian up here to, to share. Because um, we have a lot of volunteers that come and help out with our youth ministry. It's actually one of the ways that we've really incorporated Discovery Bible Study in our church. Um, it's been really impactful and really great to hear perspectives from students that, that you may, uh, I, I assure you have a much deeper wealth of, of knowledge and experience despite their age. It's so cool to hear from you guys on, uh, on Wednesday nights. But, you know, it, it would be one thing if I just continued to talk up here and we continued to, uh, I continued to dispense information to you guys about Discovery Bible Study. But as I was thinking and praying about this, uh, this time today, I was thinking, well, why don't we just do a Discovery Bible Study? Why, why don't we just start there uh, and get everyone involved? And so I'm going to read our passage again. And then I'm going to ask some questions, and, and we'll have kind of an interactive portion where you can feel free to shout out in, uh, in a sentence or less some answers. So this is Acts chapter 8, once again, going back up on the screen. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all of the treasury of the Kandake, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading, Philip asked? How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. So let's ask some questions and feel free to shout out your answers. We'll have two questions that, that go up. The first, what does this say about God? He wants to reach people. Yeah. Ooh, that's good. He has a plan, even if it's not your plan. Yeah, God was teaching and guiding Philip. We had one over here. Yeah, the man in the chariot was already prepared by God for this conversation. Yeah. Yeah, God is asking us to go. Philip ran up to the chariot. People want to know about God. Yeah, that's a good transition. Let's move on to our second question. What does this say about people? Because God wants people to know him. People want to know about God. People have questions. Yeah. People are hungry for God's word. People like to be acknowledged. Yeah. The guy had questions. He just wanted to have a conversation. 
People have questions. Yeah. Life is confusing. The Bible is confusing, honestly. Yeah, he started with a question and the door opened. Yeah, people are open to questions rather than statements. This is the truth. This is what you need to know. Those closed doors, but that's great. Questions open doors. I think there's one over here. People respond to the truth. People respond to the truth. Yeah, they're like, hey, let's discover this together. Like, I, I have my Bible here, but I have questions. I, I want to know the answers. Can you help me along the way? People are hungry to know God. Yeah. People have doubts, but they have faith. Yeah. Yeah. I know if I was Philip, I would have so many doubts. <laughs> like just walking up and saying, okay, we're going to uh, go up to this chariot and, and um, I'm, something's going to happen. Uh, okay. And then when the door opens, it's kind of like, like that meme, I've, I have no idea what I'm doing, but everything's going really well, so let's, let's keep going. If we believe that this passage is true, then what do we need to change? We need to be open to hearing God. Yeah, Philip would have just been running away from persecution aimlessly if he had not been listening to God, he may have missed out on this opportunity to have this conversation. Yeah, oh, that's a good one. We need to be okay with being scared. It's scary to put ourselves out there and be vulnerable and say, hey, this is the God that I love. What are your thoughts? You may disagree with me. You may hate the church. You may hate God. And we have to be willing to hear that from people and not take that as a personal offense because we don't know what their story is. Yeah, we need to trust that God will guide the conversation. Yeah, Philip probably had no idea what to expect when he was walking up. And you know, I, I've experienced this, this same thing where God is guiding the conversation. And we have to relinquish that control and trust that God is going to work. Because let, let, me, let me walk us through a, a hypothetical here, right? If we believe that God is all powerful, right? And we believe that we as humans are not all powerful, despite how much I want to, I, I can't take a step and just fly off of the stage right now. That would be super cool, but I can't. Um, if we believe that God is all-powerful and I am not, and God has a plan, then how can I, as someone who am not all-powerful, mess up that plan? And so I'd like to propose to you today that God is more powerful than humans are fallible. Because we trip over our words, we hesitate, we, we miss the moment, we uh, maybe get our timing wrong a little bit. But you know, no amount 
of us screwing up is ever going to mess up God's plan. Because God has already accounted for it. God has already decided to work and move in our lives to renew and restore us. And we have to trust that there are other people who are also walking in faithfulness that are following the voice of God. So that even when we drop the ball, the plan is not ruined. Because if we take a look at at things honestly, we as, as Christians, we are not that important. But we're also the most important. And that's an interesting line to draw. But we are not that important because with or without us, God's plan will continue to unroll. And so we don't need to put pressure on ourselves to succeed because God is going to succeed. But we are the most important to God because he loves us and he created us and he invites us into this process because he's trying to reconcile all things to himself. And so that's why I don't want us to give in to this bystander effect. That's why I want us to feel energized and feel the spirit move and to get out there into our communities and to to share meals with our friends and families, neighbors and coworkers, to bless them and to have conversations. Because that's what God is calling each and every one of us to. And so you may be interested in gardening. You may be interested in video games. You may have classmates at school. You may have coworkers in your workplace. Those are circles that you are in that no one else in this room is going to be in. Your neighborhoods, you and your spouse, you and your roommate, whoever you live with, you can walk around and prayer walk together. Jesus sent us out two by two. We're not meant to do this alone. You have neighbors that I don't have. You have neighbors that no one on the staff here at FCC has. And you have the opportunity to build those relationships where others cannot. So that's why it's important that each and every one of us gets involved. For my wife and I, we volunteer with the youth ministry, and we get to to hang out with teenagers on Wednesday nights. We uh, do a discovery Bible study like, like we shared with Gian. We also do one on Tuesday nights with our young adults group. Uh, But what we call our our missional community, uh, we get to hang out with our our friends on Friday nights who may or may not know God. And we get together and we play board games. And you know what? We, We have talked so much about Discipleship Pathway, not because it's a complicated thing, but because we want you to understand why it's important. And when we get down to the end of discipleship pathway and and next week we're going to commission everyone who is willing to take steps as a local missionary to say I am in to be involved in my community as we wrap up we're moving towards this thing called missional communities and that's what we call it here at church but you know what it is (laughs) it's getting together and just spending time with people spending time with our neighbors with our kids' baseball teams, with our, uh, our coworkers going out for lunch, 
It's playing board games every week. There's no bait and switch. At no point are we going to go to our friends and say, have you heard the good news about Jesus? Because they probably have heard some things about Jesus and they probably didn't like it very much. And you know what? We're here and we're taking steps just like Philip took steps to be present in this community. And we are here, we're standing by the chariot and we're waiting for the questions to be asked. They know that I'm a pastor here. They know that we, we serve at church. And they, I know that they know that they can come and ask us spiritual questions. And so all we have to do is wait for God's plan to unfold. Because if God is wanting to use us in this community, and if God is putting on their hearts to ask questions, then they will. There is no bait and switch. There's no agenda. We just want to bless them. We pray for them because we care about them. We share food, we share meals, and we play board games. That's it. And you know, we, we share so many of life's important milestones with this group. We have a friend who recently got engaged and is going to get married this year. Our friends that get together and play board games, they were at our wedding. And just this last Friday, we got to announce to them that we have a baby on the way. And that's all this is. It's so simple. It's saying, I care about you. I like board games. Can we play some board games? And that's, that's all it is. You are already involved in things in your life that God wants to use. Just be intentional about it. Pray for those people. Learn their names. And as I'm, as I'm wrapping up, uh, I'm going to show a map of, of Fremont. Now, this is the Tri-City area. This is Fremont, Newark, Union City. And that little red mark there, that is us. About 100 of us gathered here this morning at Fremont Community Church. And if what we did as a church started and ended with what we do on Sundays, that is how much of the Tri-City area we reach. Now, you might be saying, Pastor Matt, there are a bunch of other churches, I'm sure, in the Tri-City area. What about them? Well, this next version of this map shows about 30 churches that are in the Tri-City area that are gathering together Sunday morning, maybe about our same size, maybe a little bigger, maybe a little smaller. These are the 30 churches of the Tri-City area that pop up first on Google Maps. And you know what? That's still not a lot of surface area if we're just looking at things from this 1,000-foot view. There's so many churches gathered together on Sundays, but again, if what we do only starts and ends with what we do on Sundays. This is how much reach Christians have in Fremont, in Newark, and Union City. So I'm going to show one last version of this map. This one's my favorite. This is what this map looks like if we do what we're talking about here with the discipleship pathway. 
if we have groups that gather together and have spiritual conversations that revolve around gardening, around baseball, around knitting, around inserts, hobby, activity, uh, workplace, neighborhood here. That's a lot more surface area covered. And so as we are wrapping up today and as we move into next week, I encourage you to be praying about what this looks like in your life. Because if we are doing this, then I believe that transformation can begin to happen in the Tri-City area. Because we are taking these simple steps of faith for being present in our community. So I'm gonna invite the band back up as I close. I just have some final points that I wanna share with you. As we're looking at implementing these things in our lives, let's try to be runners like Philip. He ran up to that chariot. We don't wanna be bystanders. We're not essential to God's plan, but we're so important to God, he is inviting us into it. Why would we waste that on being bystanders when we could be getting involved? When we have these discovery conversations, the goal is to facilitate, not to teach. You don't have to have all the answers. And as someone who has gone through seminary, I can tell you I still don't have all the answers. I really wish I did. That would make things so much simpler, but that would require so little faith if we could really just know everything. And you know what, it's, it's not about head knowledge, it's about heart knowledge. So that's why we facilitate rather than teach. We don't have the secret sauce, we don't have all the answers. We just wanna have a conversation. And so if you take away one thing from this message today, it's that it's about faithfulness, it's not about knowledge. It's about taking a step of faith and going on a prayer walk. It's about taking a step of faith and learning your coworker's name because you see them pass by your office every day, but you haven't really met them. It's taking a step of faith and buying someone a cup of coffee. It's not difficult. We spend so much time on it because it's so important. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this opportunity to gather together. God, we come here on Sundays to, to grow and to be enriched and to have community with other Christians, God, but we don't want what we do here at FCC to start and end on Sunday mornings, God. We wanna see the Tri-City area reached with your love, with your gospel, God. And we believe that, that you are already working and moving in ways that we cannot see. And so God, I, I, I pray a blessing over everyone in this room that they would have your eyes to see those around them, that you are calling them to reach God, that you would give them hearts that ache for the burdens of those people. God, as, as we get to know them and hear their stories and share our stories, would you present opportunities for us to share about your story, God? Because we have no idea what's going on behind the scenes, God. And that's why 
we want to take simple steps of faith in order to get there. So God, we don't have the full picture of what you're doing, but we can see the first steps. Help us to take those steps in boldness and confidence that no matter how many times we trip, no matter how many times we fall, no matter how many times we slip up on our words or, or how many missed opportunities we have, God, that you are going to fill in the gaps. And God, we are going to continue to be faithful to you no matter what in this process. So God, we thank you and we praise you for all that you are doing. And it's in your name we pray.